we should go to China. Oh, we are in trouble. You prototype with, with post-it notes and paper clips. That's just insane. Trust and respect. Dark back corner. Welcome to the next episode in China Between Meetings with your host, Marian Danko. And as always, I'm extremely excited to have a very interesting guest today, Barbara X, founder and CEO of Whitespace. Thank you very much, Barbara, for joining me for this ride. Oh, thanks for asking me. This is fun. Um, we have the first traditional question about um, what's your China story? Why did you come to China? Why did you come to Shanghai? Did you live in other cities? So when I... Um I was living in London. Uh, I'm originally American, but I left the States in 93. So I've now reached the point where I've spent most of my life not living in America. And um, in 2004, I was living in London. And my, at the time, fiancé, now husband, came home and said, I've been offered this job in China. What do I do? Um, and I said, we should go to China, obviously. Uh, so he's Australian, I'm American. We had met in London, and we both came out of the chemicals industry or the petroleum industry, which is a really global industry. So we were both used to the fact that you just you pick up and move around the world. And uh, my older sister was an old China hand already at that point. Uh, she was very used to living in China. I knew that it would be great. There would be lots of opportunities. So we, uh, we got married and then immediately started our married life together in in Dalian in China in January 2005. Mm. So since 2005 you've been in China all the time. That's right. So I've been what started out as a two-year contract uh -huh. has now turned into almost 17 years later. Uh, China is my home. I speak not fluent but business Chinese. I have co-founded a business here in China with a Chinese co-founder. I'm here in China. How long have you been living in Shanghai? I moved here in 2008. Uh, we lived in Dalian for a year. We lived in uh, Beijing for a couple of years. And then I decided I really preferred Shanghai. So we moved to Shanghai 2008. We've been talking a lot with different speakers about the uh, pivoting or changing and transitioning from the corporate to startups. And I know that you've been working for big companies like IBM, Lenovo, um, Jam Jam Associates, right? you also had a number of entrepreneurial experience. And it looks like for you it's easier to bounce between corporate and startup and you keep changing it. And now you're running your own business as well. So I'm just wondering how, how it's easy for you to change and what's the, the story behind it? Like what, what, what is the motivation for you? How it's easy for you to just leave it corporate and go to the startup world? I think, um, first of all, I think it's just one of my characteristics that I'm really adaptable. You put me in a new situation, I'll read the room, how do I need to be? Okay, we're going to be this way now, um, which is maybe how I ended up uh, deciding to stay in China for 17 years. But um, I think, actually, probably my experience in large corporates was the, was the aberration that um, the biggest corporates I worked for, IBM and Lenovo, um, I joined them during a time of transition where they said they were trying to go through a transformation. 
Uh, so I joined IBM in 99 as part of the dot-com boom, where mm -hmm. they were like, oh, we're not going to be big old solid IBM. We're going to be entrepreneurial. We're going to be dot-com uh, startup types. And um, no, no, they were still IBM. So I stayed for a little bit over two years and then left. Uh, I'm not really a big corporate kind of person. Uh, and then the Lenovo was similar. I was hired by uh, my boss there, who I deeply, deeply respect uh, friends to this day, but he was trying to do some transformational change in terms of digitizing Lenovo's internal processes. And uh, I just didn't really fit into Lenovo. It's too Chinese. It's a very mm -hmm. traditional Chinese culture. Um, I'm an outsider. I'm much more fast moving and entrepreneurial, and it just wasn't a good fit with the culture. So how, how about other startups you work here in China before you start your own business, which is uh, the current one? Yeah, I worked in a friend's startup. Um, after I left Lenovo, I was looking around for what to do next and um, thinking about, well, is it time to leave China? And a good friend of mine from the MIT community said um, that she, uh, she had her own startup and she was looking for someone who understood B2B marketing and how to do like corporate sales and to come in and, and support her on business development. So I did, uh, you know, as a favor to a friend, and then got really pulled in and excited by the business, doing big data analytics around energy conservation, a green energy startup. Um, and I think it's a really great concept. But over the time that I was there, um, I also started Whitespace on the side. And nobody can be part of a startup and then have another startup as a side hustle. That's just insane. So I was never spending. Hustle. I was never spending enough time on anything, um, and then her business uh, pivoted towards being much more focused on um, district-level governmental contracts, which you need a Chinese national to do. And at the same time, uh, Whitespace was really developing in a way that needed my time. So we parted friends, and I and I joined Whitespace full time. So what, what's Whitespace? What does it do? Uh, what was the trigger for you to join full time? Did you see the opportunity? So Whitespace is a new category of product. I'm calling it collaboration space. So separate from your office, whatever your office set up, and now, of course, there's a lot of flexibility going on. You might work in a big headquarters. You might work in a co-working space. You might work from home. There's this whole flex, flexible working, work from home, remote working. Um, no matter what happens, there's certain times when you need to meet together with other people in a group. Mm -hmm. And if you're working from home, or even if you're working from a co-working space and you don't have the credits for a large meeting room, you don't have anywhere to go. And that's what Whitespace provides. It's this independent third space or fourth space where it's um, clean, affordable, flexible collaboration space that you can use for trainings, workshops, large meetings, you know, sales reviews, innovation, brainstorming, whatever you need a group of people to come together for. Is it only in Shanghai at the moment? How many locations do you have? Right now, we're only in Shanghai. We have six locations. Hopefully, next month, we'll have eight. We keep having more in the pipeline. And I'm looking for investment now so that we can expand multi-city into Beijing and Shenzhen. Let's talk a little bit about the real estate since white space in the real estate business, right? So uh, real estate, uh, it's, we, we've seen a big uh, boom of working spaces in 2016, 17, 18. We also uh, see lots of um, growth overall in China and it keeps growing. They're still building lots of office spaces, buildings, right? Um, and then COVID happened, right? Mm. So um, how is real estate doing at the moment? So what are the challenges and opportunities in this space? 
Well, uh, for Whitespace, obviously the challenges were COVID. Um, we had, uh, I'll never forget the day, January 25th, 2020, um, when they, the government closed travel out of Wuhan just before uh, mm -hmm. Spring Festival. And I'd been here 15 years at that point. I know what Spring Festival is, and this is a big move. So I was like, oh, we are in trouble. Um, we are a business that's predicated on people meeting face-to-face -face in groups in the middle of what's going to be a pandemic. So that was a huge challenge. But actually, uh, because all credit to the Chinese government's um, sterling control of the, of the pandemic, um, it got under control really quickly here, especially here in Shanghai. And by April, people were starting to meet together mm -hmm. again. There's just an inherent drive to need to be face-to-face -face with other human beings. And so we experienced what the, you know, the analysts call the, the Nike swoosh uh, recovery, not just a V-shaped recovery, but V plus, and then you keep <laughs> going up after that. Um, so for us, it's actually been a huge opportunity because I think these kinds of global crises, they um, catalyze, they speed up a change that was already going to happen. They don't make a change happen, but a trend that was already starting to rumble away, they actually um, encourage it. And so the work from home, work flexibly through technology was already a building trend. I've been working remotely since 2005. Mm. I've never had an office. But, um, you know, that trend was growing and then COVID provided the shock that made people radically rethink their relationship to going to the office. What's the office for? Do I need to be there every day? Can I work from home some of the time? And so it's really sort of shaken up all the tiles on the board and provided huge new opportunities for white space. So now we have the big trend, um, remote work, as you mentioned, right? Um, lots of companies, actually, I know a few of them that shut down offices and just completely working uh, remotely. Um, and you are still opening up a new locations, right? You're still adding up more spaces. So how, how is it possible if it kind of like you go against the trend? Well, I think that the trend is hybrid. Um, is flexible, that sometimes you need to meet together and sometimes you don't. And actually, I mean, you talk about people closing down their offices and working 100% remotely. Mm -hmm. We have one customer who's done that, who's decided they're a medium-sized company. They decided not to have an office, but they rent white space once a week. Mm -hmm. And that's when they come together for their once a week collaboration sessions. So mm -hmm. actually those two things are complementary. The idea is you don't need to pay for office space if you're not using it every day, but you can have space to meet together in mm. person when you want it. That's really complementary to the white space model. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. And also an interesting thing that I want to know as well, that Shanghai is a very competitive market, right? So that's, it doesn't matter which industry it is, extremely competitive, there are lots of businesses. So who's your competitors and how you're different from them? We don't really consider that we have any direct competitors because we're the first ones pioneering this model in China mm. and, in fact, mostly in Asia. Um, we have substitutes. So if you ask people, oh, you're going to have a workshop next week, where would you go to look for that space? The top three answers are always going to be hotels, mm -hmm. uh, co-working centers, and serviced offices like Regis. All of them have some degree of meeting rooms available to rent for a short amount of time. But there's a reason why um, people come to us instead of them. They're really not focused on providing that flexible collaboration space as their main business. Hotels are really focused on people staying there. Room stays is their metric. 
co-working spaces are focused on their members mm -hmm. and serviced offices are focused on their tenants. So there's nobody whose main business, whose sole mission in life is to make your event go well. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're better than the competitors. That is what we do. And all of our services and our pricing are optimized around that. I've been to a couple of places, they look amazing, right? So the facilities, the, the size of the room, basically everything is built for meetings, right? Yeah. Uh, this is the best place to do that. Uh, how about the locations? How do you pick the locations? Um, I'm also kind of curious about to know that. Because the central location thing is really hard to get, uh, probably with the, the cost and the, the competition as well. Mm -hmm. So what's the strategy? Well, we know um, fundamentally one of our core values is um, convenience, and flexibility and professionalism. So we know we need to be in professional office buildings, some things where you're mm -hmm. not going to be embarrassed when you work, walk through the lobby. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, we need to be affordable. So we're looking for those sort of B plus, A minus office buildings where you really uh, expect this is a business place, you're there to work, but you're not paying for luxury that you're really mm -hmm. not valuing. The second is convenience. That means it has to be close to the subway, preferably close to two intersecting lines so that it's very easy to get into the building. Um, and um, affordability, professionalism are built into when we walk into the lobby, we know it's going to be suitable for us or not suitable for us. So, And then there's like a thousand other factors that um, we know because we've been operating this business for three and a half, if you count the prototype we did, four years. Um, things like is there a, a swipe card to get through the gates before you get to the elevator? If you're having a 50-person workshop, 50 people need to queue up and get that ID, that's a problem. That's a big problem. Right. I experienced that before. So we look for places where you don't have to do that. Now, some of the elevators, you might not be able to get off at certain floors, but you can get off at our floor without having to swipe in. So it's a thousand little details, all of which make the, the customer experience really seamless. What's trendy at the moment in real estate and how uh, white space is capturing it? Is it, you know, adding more technology there or maybe making the space a little bit more comfortable or, or uh, you know, lighter or spacious or whatever it is? In terms of from the customer standpoint, yeah. I mean, the space being lighter, um, feeling comfortable. The reason why some of the biggest companies in Shanghai are coming to us rather than going to the hotels is also because all our rooms have natural daylight. And even if you pull down the shades because you're looking at a PowerPoint, it just feels better if you're spending the whole day in a room where you have sunlight coming into it to some degree rather than some dark back corner of the hotel conference center where it's a bit dusty and, and maybe the, the carpet smells a little moldy. Um, so that's definitely the attraction from the customer side. Uh, tech from the, from the building owner side or the investor side, of course tech. And that's where I come from. You know, I came .com and, and Lenovo. I want to invest in a lot of tech, but I want to invest in tech that really adds value to the customer experience. So things that make it seamless from the moment that you find white space to the moment that you walk into the room. My vision is that that whole um, customer journey be digitized so that it's easy for you to book, it's easy for you to confirm, it's easy for you to forward that information to the participants, it's easy for them to find the room. There's nothing worse than like struggling to find what meeting room you're in and then showing up feeling kind of flustered and late. That actually affects your mood going into the workshop. So the more we can make all of that seamless, the better the experience for our customers. 
let's move away from the real estate business and talk a little bit more about the entrepreneurship. So you've been an entrepreneur for a number of years and you're a part of different organizations, including the Entrepreneurs' Organization, right? And you're also a part of the Committee of uh, Chamber of Commerce, um, American Chamber of Commerce in Shanghai. So uh, what have you learned um, that help you now to build your company successfully right during all these years is it your network is it the people you met is it ability to speak Chinese probably right so what are the key to success um, all of those things help and and everywhere in the world network helps but especially in China um, and now I've gotten to the point where I've been in the business for about three years and I start meeting new people who I know from about four different pathways um, so that's really great so that um, it starts creating a reputation for me in the industry. I start knowing who I'm dealing with and who all the players are. But that is something that you can't force. It, it mm. just happens naturally over time. I think um, the, the main thing I've learned about entrepreneurship is the willingness to just try things and fail at them. Mm -hmm. The willingness to do something badly. Um, so when we, uh, I bootstrapped our uh, WeChat account and the, the very first booking system um, I talked a friend into doing it for a really small amount of money and people looked at it and they're like oh it's not you know it's not beautiful it mm -hmm. could be designed better this way or the functionality could be this way and I was like yeah but we have it now and um, I'm very very committed to minimum viable product that I, I always tell my staff, you, you prototype with, with post-it notes and paper clips, and then you see how people actually interact with your product, and that helps you design it better. You don't go away and design the most beautiful, the most perfect thing. You design something that's barely, barely good enough. You launch it, and then you get the feedback. That's why China is so great for entrepreneurship, is that people are willing to accept new things and just try things. And so it's a really fast-moving market here. I think the network is extremely important, right? So it's extremely important everywhere, like you mentioned, but in China, it's somehow next level for sure, right? And I've seen lots of businesses, uh, lots of companies, they're starting out and they try, you know, half a year, one year, it doesn't work and they just give up, right? Um, but what I also noticed, and I've been talking to a number of people, that in China, things takes time, right? Especially when it comes to the foreign entrepreneurship. Uh, I know people that pretty much all successful entrepreneurs, they've been here, plus 10 years at least right mm -hmm. so uh, what's your opinion about that what's going to be your you know maybe some tip for people who want to start out I think that's really true and um, as a, a foreigner living in China as as long as I've lived here um, and to the extent that I speak Chinese I'll never claim fluently but you know good enough that I can do my my business meetings in Chinese um, I'm not Chinese and I will never fully understand the market. And so you need to keep that humility of, you know, the Chinese market. If you're going to really succeed here as an entrepreneur, you really have to focus on the Chinese market. Um, and for that, you need to listen a lot to your customers and preferably have a Chinese co-founder. And I think that's the thing that's helped me succeed is that um, my Chinese co-founder is uh, my polar opposite. He's a Chinese guy. He's very quiet and very um, fact-based about getting things done. Uh, and uh, uh, so people don't know him. People don't see him out there being the face of white space, but white space is his as much as it is mine. And we would not exist today if he didn't 
platform it. I think this is actually very important that you mentioned that you have a Chinese eco founder, right? Because what we also, as the founders in, in early years, struggling to find the right person to work with, and uh, lots of people actually cannot find the co-founder, right? Mm -hmm. So most of the people are looking for the tech co-founder, and this is the big challenge because everyone has big ideas. But uh, to build that thing, you need to have a tech co-founder. So can you give some tips how to find actually the Chinese co-founder? Where did you find him? Yeah. Is it going to events and asking, like, I'm looking for the co-founder? It was the coincidence when someone introduced maybe some platform where you were looking at. I know some probably tips going to be helpful for those who are still looking? I don't know if I can be helpful with people because actually it was complete luck uh, with a Chinese called Yuan Fen, Destiny, that we ended up together. So we were friends first. Um, we've known each other for probably about a decade at this point and we founded Whitespace together uh, four years ago. So we already had that deep foundation of uh, respect and trust that allowed us to move forward together. Um, you know, he's he started Whitespace while I was still working at my friend's startup, and I handed over the, the seed capital, half a million RMB, transferred it to his personal account and said, okay, go do it. And there's really not that many people I would do that for in China or not in China. So I think that was a very, very special relationship. I, but I think if you're looking for a founder, you have to focus on those things like trust and respect. This is someone you're going to be in a relationship with for years and so it's a bit like finding a romantic partner. Like you have to be willing to go it for the long haul, not just, you know, what, what's new and shiny today. And I think it's actually linking back to the, that in China things take time, right? And that's what, what I mean exactly. I knew people for number of years, three, four years, and probably before we didn't work together, but after all these years, building trust and understanding uh, um, in, and trusting each other, we actually start working on some projects together, right? Yeah. And business uh, happens. So that's probably um, one of the feedback and, and, and the, the tip that uh, in China things take time, uh, invest in, in this, right? And build a network and be there, be open. Uh, be on the surface all the time, pop up from time to time, remind people that you exist. Absolutely. <laughs> and that Absolutely. helps to build business. And I'm just curious and um, uh, to find out where do you see uh, white space five years from now? What, what's big coming up? Uh, maybe you can just give a little bit of sneak peek in the future. Sure. Well, uh, not, not uh, confidential at all because I keep talking about this, but my vision is that in the future when you walk into like your office building, Right now, if you walk into an office building, you look around and you're like, where's the Starbucks? If it doesn't have a Starbucks in the lobby, it's not really a professional office building, is it? You start doubting sure. it, right? That's a mark of this is a, an office aimed at a certain level of professionals. And I think in the future, white space should be just like that. What do you need? In addition to your office, you need coffee and you need meeting space. And so in the future, you walk into a professional uh, office building, where's the coffee and where's the white space? I think we should be that well known. That's great vision. And the final one, why it's white space? Why the name is white space? The idea was that we're a blank canvas. We're that empty page for the people using the room to fill with whatever they want to create. So um, the Chinese name I'm told is even better. It's Liu Bai Kong Jian, leave the white like in a Chinese painting. The painting is uh -huh. defined not just by the brush strokes, but actually the space between the brush strokes. And it's that idea of, you know, it's your meeting, it's your workshop. We're providing the space for you, but you're the star. You're on the stage in that space while it's yours. And that's, 
the vision for the company. We that's, make the meeting go well. That sounds great. Thank you, Barbara, so much. I wish you best uh, on your entrepreneurial journey. Uh, I wish to have more locations this year, next year, in five and ten years. Thank you. And I will be visiting more and more as well, hosting the meetings uh, over there. Thank you for all your tips and uh, inputs, insights. And um, I will see you soon. That was the In China Between Meetings with uh, Barbara X. Please do check uh, her LinkedIn. Do check the website. And if you need the space, please book it. It's amazing. And we see you next time. Please like, share, and comment.